This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. I'm excited about this series. I've actually kind of had it in the back of my mind, uh, even prior to the summer, and I've been kind of slowly working on it. Um, but again, the kingdom is a powerful thought. In Matthew 6.33, it says to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And it goes on to say, and all these things will be added unto you. And I love this verse because it literally says above all else. That's the word first, above all else. Make it your first priority. Make it everything for you. Uh, Seek first the kingdom of God. And so what we decided last week was to define it very quickly so that we kind of knew what we were talking about, where where the foundation was, and so we can kind of move on from there. And so the kingdom of God literally is the rule and reign of Jesus on earth. How many want to see that? How many really, really, really want to see that in light of what's going on in our world today? Come on. All right. And it literally is talking also about the blessings that flow from living under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. When He is the captain of our ship, and we are making a choice not to be a backseat driver. Can I get an amen? All right. All right. Yeah, some of you are like, yeah, you. All right. But why is this important for us as believers? We shared last week two very basic thoughts, but it's, it's incredibly important. Number one, that we're subjects or citizens of the kingdom. And as a result of that, we are, we are to, as the church, extend the kingdom of God on the earth. In other words, we are to extend the rule and reign of Christ's kingdom on the earth. So, how many have ever heard of the Lord's Prayer? There's a great little, just one sentence hidden within the Lord's Prayer that just hammers this home. It's in Matthew 6.10 and it says this, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about you, but have you ever spent time in your life actually thinking about what heaven is like? Think about what life is like up there. The atmosphere, the worship, the, 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 just the awesomeness of the presence of God and the rule and reign of God every single day, every single moment of every single uh, time that you're in there. It, that is the presence of God and the kingdom of God ruling and reigning. So what is Jesus talking about? Jesus is literally saying, and He's literally praying and teaching His disciples to pray, that the Father's rule and reign would be the same on earth as it is in heaven. So he has a, literally, he's giving the disciples a prophetic picture of what he wants them to do with their lives. Rule and reign, extend the kingdom of God, and gather as many people into the kingdom of God as possible. As Colossians 1.13 says, take them from the spirit of darkness into the spirit of light, right? That's where the kingdom of darkness or the dominion of darkness, one version says, into the dominion of light. How many agree with that? All right. So we're going to talk today um, about one very specific part of the kingdom. But before I get there, I, I had, I've had this thought for the last two weeks, and I hope I do this justice, because if I do it justice, then you're really, really going to see the significance of what we're going to talk about today. Um, the thought that I'm actually going to talk about today in relation to the kingdom is actually a fairly simple thought. But I want to set us up and help you fully appreciate the simplicity yet the significance of this thought. I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 3. It's an interesting book. Um, It's loaded. I don't know if you ever wanted to give somebody a book 
if you can only pick one book, after someone's come to Christ and you say, you want a growth book for your life, just a book that you can learn and grow in, this one's a winner. It is a winner. Six chapters highlighting six core thoughts of kingdom living. And it's loaded. I'm telling you, I, I've actually just limited it down to four verses today that I'm going to share because it's so powerful. There's so much stuff just within these four verses. But Ephesians uh, is a church literally in the city of Ephesus. And for those that track along with your Bible, if you've ever read the books First or Second Timothy, or if you've ever read in the book of Acts this reference to this man named Timothy, Timothy was actually the pastor of the main church in Ephesus. So there's connections here beyond just the books of First and Second Timothy um, to how pastors and leaders can help people walk out the presence of God and the kingdom of God in their life. So here, I'm going I'm to land on this one. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8, 9, 10, and 11, starting at verse 8. This is Paul speaking. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles, for those who don't know, Gentiles were any other nation other than the Jews, the unsearchable riches of Christ. What a great perspective, first of all, about the gospel message. I get to tell people about the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's just a great way to say it. Verse 9, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. How many hate surprises? Come on. How many hate waiting to Christmas morning? How many have already found out what someone you love is giving you already because you have, you're so strategic? You have a plan. You've actually written a book and it was on Oprah Winfrey's top 10 list. It's awesome. How to Steal Every Mystery from Your Spouse. It's a great book. I've already found the snack, the snack spots, those ones I have found. And I do secretly know where she hides the gifts. I'm just saying. I just, I'm just saying. But some of us love surprises. And I'm going to go one step further. How many love a mystery? How many love seeing shows or movies that are based on a mystery? Right? I love this. Interestingly enough, at the very top of this section in my study Bible, it literally says, as the subtitle, the purpose of the mystery. So it's almost like my Bible's setting me up to say, if you read the next four verses, you're going to figure out the entire purpose of God hidden in a mystery before time began, but I'm going to reveal it to you in the next four verses. I don't know about you, but when you read that, you're kind of like, oh, that's cool. He's literally uncovering something for us to see and for us to know. So I'm going to start in verse 9 again. It says, and to make all see, not just some, but all, what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Okay, so what is it? Verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God may be made known by... Okay. So you have to understand, Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus, there's this incredible purpose that God has hidden from the beginning of the foundation of the world. It's a mystery, but I'm going to reveal it to you because you're the one that's going to deliver it. You're the church, so you are going to be the extenders, my hands and feet, of the mystery of God hidden from the very foundation of the world. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. Okay. Made known by the church to who? 
Oh, this is where it gets really cool. How many love war movies? Okay, I'm gonna, I'll get modern. How many love Avengers? All right, so I got modern there for a second. All right. I came out of the 1980s. Yeah, that was for you, Trace. All right, okay. Thank you, Lord, for all of those things that they call movies today. Anyhow, just, just saying. <sighs> Lord, I love a good storyline. Lord, I just love good acting and a good storyline. God, CGI is from the pit. Anyhow, I'm just saying, okay. Sorry, did I just say that out loud? Was that out loud? I'm sorry, guys. I think CGI is awesome, right? It's just so real. All right. Oh, it's just so awesome. All right. So to the intent that the, now the manifold wisdom of God may be known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So this isn't just saying that there's a mystery and a purpose for earth. This is saying this is so much bigger. That our ability to take this eternal purpose and actually live it out will actually do business in the demonic realm first in order to free people up in the natural realm. Okay, that's good. Verse 11. According to the eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay. How many want to know what the eternal purpose of God is? Alright, I'm going to tell you. Because I believe if we understand what God's eternal purpose is, we're going to fully understand the main point of today's message. Because if we don't, we won't, it'll, it'll just be a nice point, but it won't really, it won't just click. And I want it to click. Okay? So in order to find God's eternal purpose, I'm going to suggest that we go all the way back to the very first chapter in the entire Bible. Genesis chapter 1. How many know that there's a lot that's hidden within the first couple chapters of the Bible that if you can find it, it pretty much sets us up for the rest of our lives? And so I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, and it says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in His image. In the image of God, He created him. Just in case you missed the first line. He repeats himself, but just messes up the grammar and flips the words. It's like, in case you missed it, I'm going to say it three times. Okay? In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. I'm going to bring it right up to November the 10th, 2019. Live like Jesus and extend the kingdom of God on the earth. Be fruitful. Live like Him. Multiply. Extend the kingdom of God on the earth. Fill the earth and subdue it. Another word is to have dominion over it. Have authority over it. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every, every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so God's purpose, you have to understand a couple basic things. God's purpose, similar to every other human being on the earth, God's purpose always flows out of His nature. He cannot have a purpose that does not perfectly align or match His nature. Because if he is one way, but his purpose is something different, that does not make sense. Then he would be a liar, because he's not consistent with what he said. So I want you to catch a couple of things that are highlighted in this passage, and then I'm going to kind of expand upon it. The first thing is this. God is relational in nature. 
hour. He is in the Trinity. God. Three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is relational in nature because He is eternally bound to the Trinity from the foundations of the world. Okay? I'm going to go one step further. God did not create relationship. God is relationship. God didn't create love. He is love. God didn't create truth. He is truth. God didn't create holiness. He is holy. Are we good? So in the Garden of Eden, what God was simply doing to Adam and Eve in this point, and I'm obviously over the next two chapters as well, is in the Garden, God was inviting Adam and Eve into a community that had already lasted forever. Because community is at the very heart of God. Relationship is at the very heart of God. So God did not create humanity, Adam and Eve in that case, in order to be relational. He was relational from the beginning. So what is God's nature? Community. Relationship between the Godhead. That's who, it's always been that way. When we see in the New Testament all of these phrases, the one another's, or how to help one another, how to love one another, how to support one another, how to serve one another, how to minister to one another, guess what Jesus was revealing? What they have always done for all eternity in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For all eternity. We're going to love each other, support each other, respect each other, honor each other, serve each other, blah, 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 blah. Keeps going. Why? Because he understood that when community or relationship is valued and understood the way God sees it, the kingdom of God will advance. Okay. So what's God's nature? Community, relationship. What's God's eternal purpose? Community, relationship. Where does the church fit into this? The church is a community of believers called to follow Him and be like Him. And the way we say it is to live like Jesus and to love like Jesus. Amen? So how important is the church? Incredibly important. Why? Because it says we bear His image. In other words, the moment somebody sees us, they have the potential to see the very heartbeat of God in community, on display, through you. Through us. Significant. And I believe that God is calling us to be about the family business. Right? Frank Damasio, who's actually the head of our fellowship, Ministers Fellowship International, MFI, you'll hear us reference. He said this, which I love. He says, the church is both the product of God's purpose and the means for achieving God's purpose. I love that. We are the product of God's purpose and the means of achieving God's purpose. So I want to establish a simple phrase that we're going to do a test next week and see if you remember. I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. But a simple phrase, a simple thought that is going to be literally captured through the entire message this morning. It's simply this. God's eternal purpose is simply this. God desires a worldwide covenant community made in His image to worship Him and to reign with Him. How many want to be a part of that? So you have to understand 
that statement isn't just a statement for us as the church. That's a statement of his heart. That's a statement of his nature. That is the statement of his purpose, his will, his plan, his strategy, his everything. Is to be a worldwide covenant community made in his image to worship him and to reign with him. In other words, it's to extend the kingdom of God, which is the rule and reign on the earth, in order to what? Expand the size of that covenant community. This is all he's got in his mind. Because if not, we would have long gone to heaven. And we could have helped him. Every time you get baptized, we could have helped you just hold you down a little bit too long. And you could have gone straight to heaven without having to deal with the mess of this earth. Listen, we can partner with Jesus that way if you need us to. And what I want to announce is we're having the next baptism service, January the 12th, 2020. <laughs> All that want to get baptized and serve Jesus, come and get baptized. I'm kidding. I'm, we are actually having our next baptism service, January 12th, 2020. So please come and we will make sure that I am not involved in any way. Okay. All right. Uh, one of my favorite Portland Bible College teachers, uh, professors, the dean of uh, PBC, Ken Malman, said this. God's eternal purpose is realized in the expansion of his kingdom on earth. God's eternal purpose, the mystery from the foundation of the world, is realized in the expansion of his kingdom. So, let's jump into week two. <laughs> that was my intro. <laughs> the kingdom of God is a net. Say it, net. It's not a rod, it's a net. Interestingly enough, whenever you fish, now I don't do a lot of it because I had a very bad experience a number of years ago where I sat on the side of a dock for, oh, about five hours and didn't even have a nibble. I caught seaweed. No, that is true. I did catch seaweed. That was the nibble. And then I got a second one. I thought, that's awesome. And it was more seaweed, which didn't inspire me to ever go fishing ever again. So that experience was what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago? I don't know, something like that, long time ago. But there's something interesting about the difference between a rod and a net. A rod, you fish individually, but you can only catch one fish at a time, unless you're really lucky. Somehow two fish can get their mouth around a hook. I've never seen it happen. But you can only get one at a time. And what's interesting with a rod is you actually have to put a lure on it. You have to put bait. How many have ever felt like sharing the gospel had to be a bait and switch on people. That you had to lure them or bait them into something. Can I, I'm so glad that Jesus never said, hey, I want you to be like a rod and bait and switch. He didn't do that. He says, I want you to fish with a net. Like, okay, that's awesome. What do we do? We gotta go in a boat. Oh, and now you have to trust the current of the Holy Spirit as to where you're going. And you need multiple people to get that net down and help you pull it back up. And without all of those other people, you will never ever be able to catch and bring up the harvest that I have for you. Oh, worldwide covenant community made to worship him and reign with him and rule with him better together. Right? Hmm. The kingdom is a net. And what I love about the kingdom being a net is it can catch a lot of things. It catches a lot of things. So I'm going to just share five basic thoughts today, and then I'm going to come in for a close. We're going to pray. I have a video at the end of this I want to show you. 
And then we're going to pray and go home. All right. Number one, God casts a wide net. He doesn't throw in, you know, when we went to the cottage a couple times, you'd buy those little tiny nets from like the, you know, the little store, whether it's Canadian Tire or the home hardware in those little towns. And you buy these little nets and you try to catch a fish. And sometimes you're lucky and you get like five or six minnows all at the same time. You're like, whoa, we have arrived. This is awesome. But the reality is, is that's not the net we're talking about. We're talking about a net that is so huge, it can literally catch hundreds of fish all at the same time. Okay? But God casts a wide net. I'm going to explain it. Matthew 13, 47, it says, Again, heaven's kingdom realm is like a fisherman who casts his large net into the lake, catching an assortment of different types of fish. So 2,000 years ago, fishermen had large weighted nets, which is because they were weighted, they could gather a lot of fish. But also because they were weighted, it took a lot of people to bring them up. Okay, the net would literally be lowered from a boat and it would be circled around fish. They would literally go in a circular position or circular uh, direction. And once it, would fi- it was filled, it would literally be pulled up and they would start to kind of go through all the different types of fish that were there. Because some of them were rotten and they had to push them aside. Some of them were awesome. Uh, there was different types of fish, literally, that they would, they would land in this big haul. So there's a couple of things I wanted to share very, very basically but very briefly here this morning. God wants us to have faith for a big net. In other words, God wants us to have faith for a big harvest. We're living in a day and age where there's many people that are struggling and are looking for every answer under the sun except Jesus Christ. But we have a Jesus Christ type of net. It's just it's what we have, okay? I also want us to have faith for different types of fish. What does that mean? People that don't look like you. People that don't don't act like you. People that may have different thoughts than you do. I learned something many years ago in my earlier days of fishing when I was like eight. You cannot clean a fish before you catch it. (laughs) Sila, ponder and think about that one. All right, okay. All right. So why is this whole idea of a big net important? Well, are you ready? Here's why. On the screen, God desires a worldwide covenant community made in His image to worship Him and rule with Him or reign with Him or whatever word I put up on the screen. Reign with Him. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) That is... If that is the purpose of the Father and the purpose of the Son and the purpose of the Holy Spirit, that's got to be our purpose too. Okay, so what does that mean? We cast a bigger net. We keep casting. Two, why? Because we're called to be fishers of men or women. Sorry, that was totally not 2019. But I was being scriptural. It was in the Bible. Okay, sorry. Matthew 4, 18 to 20, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee... He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Verse 20, at once they left their nets and followed him. Now, I just want to give context here before we jump on. That was their livelihood. That's how they paid for food and their rent in their apartments, in wherever it is that they lived. That's how they bought their Wi-Fi packages. That's how they upgraded their cell phones. That's how they did it. And so they literally heard literally three words from a 
guy they probably didn't really know, but maybe heard a little bit about in the last couple of weeks. He says three words, and their response was, sure, let's do it. Why? Because Jesus was now calling them not to fish for, uh, not to fish for food, but to fish for the hearts of humanity. Why did he want them to fish for the hearts of humanity? Because his heart for humanity is, are you ready? Are you ready for this one? A worldwide covenant community made in his image to worship and reign with him. That is why he wanted them to do what they were, he was asking them to do. That's why. It's nothing else. He wanted a covenant community. And he wasn't satisfied with the size of the current covenant community. Because he wanted everyone to be a part of the covenant community and rule and reign with him. Amen. All right. Third thought. Our job is to keep casting the net. How many have ever shared the gospel with somebody and they mocked you? Made fun of you? Embarrassed you? Posted something about Facebook about you? Anything else? Right? We've actually had a scenario uh, years ago with Pastor Frank where he, got, he actually got into a brawl with a guy because the guy's girlfriend came to Christ and this guy didn't want anything to do with Christ, showed up at, at our church at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning, found Pastor Frank, took one of those, those heavy book ends on the end of a, and hit him in the side of the head. He had to go to the hospital for like 40 stitches. It was nuts. And then Pastor Frank bleeding and just blood dropping down his, his, the side of his face trying to tell the guy the gospel of Jesus. It's Pastor Frank, you hit me again! Jesus loves you. Oh, he still loves you. I hate you, but he still loves you. <laughs> One more time. Oh, Lord, smite him. You know, I'm sure that's what was going on in his mind. But what we saw was this nature of God bleeding out of Pastor Frank. In this moment, this isn't good, but how can I make this moment count for the kingdom and bring this guy who hates my guts right now into the covenant community of Jesus so that he can rule and reign in his life with Jesus too. Oh. All right? I want to share a verse and then a quick little illustration. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Hmm. Can I say this morning that salvation, people coming to Christ, is literally a work of the Holy Spirit. But it is our job to partner with the Holy Spirit by consistently casting the net. Tell the gospel. The gospel message of Jesus Christ. I want to read a little story. It's called the Starfish Project, and I think it's really, really cute. Anything with kids is always cute. It says, one day an old man was walking along a beach that was littered with thousands of starfish that had been washed ashore by the high tide. As he walked, he came upon a young boy who was eagerly throwing the starfish back into the ocean one by one. Puzzled, the man looked at the boy and asked what he was doing. And without looking up from his task, the boy simply replied, I'm saving these starfish, sir. The old man chuckled aloud, Son, there are thousands of starfish and only one of you. What difference can you make? And the boy picked up a starfish, gently tossed it into the water, and turning to the man said, Well, I made a difference for that one. That's it. We keep casting the net. It's not up to us to figure out the results. That's in God's hands. But we're literally supposed to keep casting the net. Four, we're supposed to fill the nets. I love 2 Peter 3.9. It says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. 
He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God desires every single person in the world that you know to understand the love of God and to be rescued from a life of sin. I I can look around this room on any given Sunday and I can, in my mind, look at different people that are sitting here this morning and think of the life that you came from. I can think of myself and think of the life that I came from. The choices that I made, that I'd love to have a do-over on. But what's amazing is that God's heart is always to keep filling the nets. That's His heart. To have the heart of God is to have the heart for people to come into covenant community with Him. Why is this important that we keep casting the net? Are you ready for the next test? Because God desires a worldwide covenant community. You got it? Made in His to and you got it. That's it. Fifth Fifth one is this. We're to celebrate the catch. Oh, yeah, we are. We're supposed to celebrate the catch. Remember January 12th, next water baptism service, okay? With all seriousness. January 12th, 2020, two months away. If you've never been baptized and you want to be baptized, this is an awesome opportunity to do it. What a great way to celebrate the start of a new year than saying, Jesus, this is your life and this is your year. Amen? But we want to celebrate what we want to replicate. If you don't celebrate the eternal purpose of God, we're going to get trapped into celebrating all the wrong things. But God's eternal purpose is what we're celebrating. It's to extend that kingdom of rule and reign and to expand His covenant community. Luke chapter 15, verses 8 to 10 says this, Jesus gave them another parable. There once was a woman who had ten valuable silver coins. When she lost one of them, she swept her entire house, diligently searching every corner of her house for that one lost coin. And when she finally found it, she gathered all her friends and neighbors for a celebration, telling them, come and celebrate with me. I had lost my precious silver coin, but now I found it. That's the way God responds every time one lost sinner repents and turns to him. He says to all his angels, let's have a joyous celebration for that one who was lost, I have found. Oh. This is why we do what we do. When Sandra and I started thinking through the process of planting a church, there was different thoughts that would come in. There was the one thought where this is exciting, this is awesome, this is exhilarating. There's so much vision and uh, you know planning and strategizing, which just totally floats our boat. And then there's other thoughts where it's like, well, this could be really hard. Uh, this may not go the way that we think it'll go. This could bomb. We could be back in Oshawa like six months later. And you have all those thoughts. Why? Because how many know that as humans you have insecurities and fears and the enemy loves to play off of that? Amen? But why did we come? Why, if I can say it like this, through any type of difficulty did we stay? And why are we committed to this thing called Impact Church? City of Kingston, Kingdom of God. I'm going to tell you why. God desires a worldwide covenant community. Come on, keep going. Made in His image to worship Him, 
to reign with him. That's why. That's it. Every time that I have a struggle moment, you know what I think of? God's covenant community. Oh, we get to extend God's covenant community. Oh, we get to expand God's covenant community. Woo, that's awesome. I get to worship God. Come on. How can you not be excited to worship God? How can you not be excited to be in his image and partnered with him on his family business? Love it. I don't need anything else. I get all these extra wonderful things for free, but I, I just need that. Why is this important, not just to me, but why is this important to God? Matthew 24, 14 says this, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the entire world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Do you want to know why Jesus is waiting to come back? Because not everybody has had an opportunity to do what? To join His covenant community. <laughs> to be made in His image. To worship God. And to reign with Him. So He is holding out as long as possible not to frustrate the church, but to keep the church on mission doing the very thing that He asked us to do 2,000 years ago, go fish for human, humanity. Go cast the net. Go, get the, go celebrate the success of what's coming in that net. And then go back out and catch more. And then celebrate the success of what comes in. And then go back out and catch more. But I have news for you. You can't do it by yourself because God didn't ask you to just fish by yourself. I can honestly say that I'm exponentially more successful in sharing the gospel when my wife is beside me than I ever am on my own. Now, some of that could be because she intimidates, you know, demons right out of people's. I don't know. That could be it. I don't know. Everywhere I go. And if she doesn't work, I bring Abigail. She's my seven-year-old. Cutest person on the face of the planet. Just saying, I'm sorry. Cuter than your kids. <laughs> sorry. I'm just saying it. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't even compare. Anyhow, moving right along. But you have to understand that we are better in covenant community with every single thing that we do, including reaching those that don't know Christ. So God wants to use you, if I can say it like this this morning, pun intended, to network together with believers to preach the gospel and to see people come to Christ. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.